What is up, everybody? Sorry, I've been away for a few days. Uh, wasn't feeling that great on Friday. Kind of had a migraine almost. Wasn't exactly a migraine, but it was pretty dang close. And if you've ever had one, which is not a bad headache, you know what migraines are. Um, that is the great equalizer. That thing will take you down every time. Um, wasn't a migraine, but pretty close, though. So if you've ever had one, you know what I'm talking about. But let's get straight into it. Um, Friday, I was going to talk about the Elimination Chamber, WWE. And how great that was, in my opinion. Kind of lackluster, in my opinion. But there's there's some highlights. There is some highlights um, to that. Some positives to, to take away. Sorry, I'm kind of typing in the background. I'm bringing up my links. Um, kind of to go over this. I had them all brought up, and then I lost them. And then I... Yeah. Um, anyways, talking about this, I'm not going to go ever over every single match. Honestly, out of three pay-per-views we have had, when it comes to um, WWE's pay-per-views, day one, pretty damn great in my opinion. Royal Rumble... Kind of lackluster, but the Royal Rumble itself, the matches itself, kind of makes up for it, even if it is lackluster, kind of a snooze fest. Like I've said, I told non-wrestling fans, especially my my father, who gives me crap for watching pro wrestling all the time. Um, I told him, I was like, Dad, it's like a bad baseball game or a bad football game. There's a couple highlights, there's a couple spots, but this is what they call it in pro wrestling. Or maybe it's not great, but there's some moments that kind of have you like, oh my gosh, this is why I watch. So... There was a couple of those on Saturday night. Um, any match involving Rey Mysterio and The Miz because of The Miz's storytelling ability, you know how I kind of roll my eyes at that stuff, but if it's good enough, it's good enough. And Rey Mysterio, he's like a little point guard in baseball, a slot receiver in football, so fast, so fun to watch, so flashy, such a good guy. Uh, I recommend you watching that match. Any, remember, anytime I talk about this, I'm talking to non-wrestling fans. Um, and the diehard wrestling fans and the in-between. Okay, I'm talking to everybody, but especially to the non-wrestling fans, like I'm pointing out things for you to look out for if you ever decide to turn it on. Like you need something on in the background. Um, you're waiting for football to start again. You're, you just want something on to kind of entertain you, like kind of whatever, you know. Um, next up, the open up the show was the Universal Championship between Roman Reigns and Goldberg. So two years ago, at WrestleMania 36, it was supposed to be um, at Tampa Bay, um, the Buck Stadium, Raymond James Stadium, but COVID hit, so they had it at the Performance Center down in Orlando. Um, essentially, where the NFL has their combine every year in Indianapolis, well, this is their kind of their combine area. It's it's just open all it's just all year round. It doesn't have other events. It's just NXT or uh, for training purposes. So they had there. Roman had to back out though because of COVID and the pandemic. He had a history of having leukemia. He has a few kids. Um, so yeah, well, he wanted to stay home with them, and I don't blame him. He came back in August of 2020. In a pro wrestling terms, he's dominated since then. Um, that match went kind of quick, but still pretty good. Um, next up, the Elimination Chamber. Not much to take away from there. One of my favorite women wrestlers right now is Alexa Bliss, Bianca Belair, Belair. Um, incredible athletes, incredible storytellers, incredible wrestlers. And there's only eight people, eight wrestlers, seven men, one woman, have won a Royal Rumble, 
have won an, eliminate, won an elimination chamber, and won a WrestleMania main event. Bianca Belair is now one of those. Congratulations to her. She is setting the standard. A black woman wrestler, only one, only woman wrestler, only black woman wrestler to win a Royal Rumble, an Elimination Chamber, and a main event at WrestleMania. The Super Bowl of Pro Wrestling. The World Series of Pro Wrestling. The World Cup of Pro Wrestling. I can go on and on. But the Elimination Chamber itself, for some of you non-wrestling fans, I'll go over the rules right now. Okay, it's a very variation of elimination-based matches, which draws elements from a steel cage and Hell in a Cell matches, similar to a UFC cage, um, in that the wrestling ring is surrounded by a large steel fence cage support- supported by girders. Originally, its design was a circular-like chain structure, but since 2017, it's now square and then closes the ring. Its floor is platformed over the ringside area around the ring, which elevates and levels it, with the ring mat, this is all straight from Wikipedia, just so I'm not losing my uh, losing my spot. Um, within the elimination chamber, four enclosures, four pods, um, are encased in plexiglass and face the outside of each ring post. The match is contested by six or seven par- participants, two or three starting the ring, while the other four are held within each inner chamber. The elimination chamber in February 2018 featured a seven-man chamber match in which three participants, participants began. At regular intervals, one of the four participants with an inner chamber within an inner chamber enters the match. Um, this continues until all four have been released. The entrant intervals are typically five minutes, though four and three minute gaps have also been used. The objective of the match is to eliminate each opponent. Okay, I'm not going on and on. I don't want to bore you. But that's the basis of it. Again, if I'm introducing you to pro wrestling, the Elimination Chamber, the Royal Rumble, or the Money in the Bank, there's their gimmicky matches is what I'm going to introduce you to. Um, Money in the Bank I'll go over in um, July when they have their Money in the Bank pay-per-view down in Vegas, which is, I think, the first night WWE will ever go head-to-head with UFC. That will be interesting. Depending on the UFC card, WWE might kind of come close to beating them. I don't know if they can, but they'll come close uh, in terms of ratings or viewers. Um, Ratings, it just depends on the quality of the fights and the quality of matches on each side. Um... So, to cap off the night, before I get into Brock Lesnar winning, there was a match between Lita and Becky Lynch. And to put it in sports terms, when it comes to women wrestling, women professional wrestling, it's almost like seeing Tom Brady versus Patrick Mahomes. I wouldn't say Lita is Tom Brady. I wouldn't say Becky Lynch is Patrick Mahomes. But... The equivalent of those two, the impact they've made, and I shouldn't say Patrick Mahomes. Becky Lynch has been around longer than Patrick has been in football, but I just I uh, I digress. Um, those two putting on such a show, such a story, such a great match for for the for the Raw Women's Championship. Becky didn't win. It gives me hope that Lita can kind of come back and have another run. Now, on the other hand, I don't want to see Tom Brady come back and have another run, but um, I'd rather him just stay retired. I don't want to see him have a Peyton Manning 2015-like season or a Brett Favre 2011-type season where he plays five games and he's out. Um, I don't want to see that. I really don't. But... 
but it was just kind of something really cool to see the nostalgia. It's like seeing Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield back at Spider-Man No Way Home. That's what it felt like for me. I'm painting the picture for you on that portion, on that part. Um, the Men's Elimination, Elimination Chamber match. I'm going to talk about two guys. Austin Theory. Um, these are their wrestler names. I'm not sure which one's real or not. I know Becky Lynch. I think that's her real name. Brock Lesnar, obviously, that's his real name. Um, Austin Theory, I have no clue. He's younger than me. He's just now making his name known. Um, mainstream pro wrestling-wise. Has a lot of segments with Vince McMahon. So Vince, obviously, is high on him. Um, he finished off with Brock Lesnar. That was entertaining. Brock did win the WWE Championship. And I've noticed some similarities when it comes to fans. I've talked about how I can't stand hate because of where we are at politically as a nation and how much we hate each other if somebody thinks differently. So I said, you know what? No more hating sports. I'm no longer going to hate the Denver Broncos or the Los Angeles Chargers or the Las Vegas Raiders or the Chicago White Sox or the Texas Longhorn. I'm listing off all my favorite teams' rivals. And... I'm not going to hate them anymore because there's so much hate in this world. It's unnecessary. Yeah, there's some things you don't agree with. There's some teams you won't work for, but there's no reason to hate them or wish injuries or wish for somebody to no longer be with us. But I've noticed what fans hate and I sh I can see why they hate it. I think they should be more annoyed or more so want something fresh. I get that. But what I'm getting at is Brock Lesnar is a legend in pro wrestling. And maybe in sports history, maybe. I don't know. Um, but stop crying about booking when it comes to pro wrestling. Stop crying about NFL fans. I could say stop crying about Tom Brady winning. As much as we hate it, we'll never see this again. He is an outlier. And you say, well, no, no, he's not. Well, okay, look at all the other great quarterbacks. The next closest is Joe Montana, four. Peyton Manning, two. John Elway, two. Aaron Rodgers, he's great. He has one. Hasn't been back to the Super Bowl since his fifth year in the league. Since he was in his mid-20s, I think. Yeah, mid-20s. Twelve years later, still hasn't been back. Michael Jordan. Most rings in the modern era, to an extent. Bill Russell, 11. That'll never be replicated, ever. LeBron, in year 19, putting up the numbers he's putting up. Yes, he's on severe load management, which the guy's just waiting to... I'll talk about him later. Um, I understand the hate in sports. I don't like it, but I understand it. But I don't. what I don't understand is the hate towards greatness. Yes, you're tired of seeing Brock Lesnar booked the way he is. Well, he's at the top of his game, so get over it. Yes, you got tired of seeing Tom Brady win Super Bowls. Well, he's at the, he was at the top of his game, and he was still doing it. As much as I hated seeing the Chiefs lose Super Bowl 55, I respected the hell out of Tom Brady. I'm sure as much fans hated seeing Michael Jordan come back and win three more rings with the Bulls. Well, he's Jordan. And yes, he needed Scottie Pippen and Phil Jackson. Just like Tom Brady needed Bill Belichick. Just like Brock Lesnar needed to step away from pro wrestling and go to the NFL for a bit and UFC. And then come and then came back and he's awesome. He's awesome on the microphone. He's awesome at storytelling. He's awesome at entertaining us. And he's awesome in the ring. 
And yes, I know, wrestling is scripted and it's fake. I can't compare it to the NFL and NBA. Although I'm sure some fans will say I can because apparently it's rigged. I don't know. We're not going down that rabbit hole. We're not. I'm going to leave it off on that. I've actually recorded this episode before and I hated it, so I restarted it. I was all over the place. I wasn't making sense. But what I love about guys like LeBron, Lesnar, Brady, Jordan, and go on and on, um, it's the longevity. Why do you think I love why do you think when you ask me about art music artists, Eminem, George Strait, I can't think of any others. Um, Tech Nine. Um, I love the longevity and that they're still great. Maybe not as great as they used to be, but they're still producing at a high level, whether it's on the field or in cinema, like Kevin Costner, I'll talk about him later. Or Eminem and the I just said that. Anyways. Um I'm gonna go on the Chiefs free agent watch, Orlando Brown Jr. Um he needs to be the top guy. I should have let it off with him, but I like I uh, wanted to start off with Trevarius Ward. I didn't want to start off with somebody obvious. But Orlando Brown Jr. really needs to be their top priority. You need to win with the left tackle. The blind side, obviously. Have you not seen that movie? Duh. If Brett Beach doesn't resign him, they need to make him they need to make him watch the blind side. I'm being sarcastic on that last part. Um, but I think they can keep him. I don't know if they'll franchise tag him or yet or not. I'm not getting into that salary cap stuff. Um, it gives me a headache. I'm in math already. I don't want to look at numbers right now. Um, I'll look at stats, not money and financials. I'm not looking into all that. But um, if I see something interesting, I'll read it off of Bleacher Report. I won't go through the time and type it all out myself and do the math myself. But we'll look at it later. Um for uh, two weeks off from looking at that, so three weeks off. Anyways, Orlando Myron Jr. is be a top priority. I realize in 2020, he allowed zero sacks. And in 2021, he allowed four. Two of them were probably his fault against Tennessee when the Tennessee front lo- uh, defensive line, which is a lot better than I thought, seeing what they did to the Chiefs in week eight. No, week seven. And see what they did to the Bengals in the divisional round. Now their offense let them down, but I digress again. Um, Orlando Brown Jr., two of those sacks are probably his fault. The other two were Mahomes playing off script, playing loosey-goosey, I guess. I can't believe I just said loosey-goosey. Anyways. Orlando Brown Jr. needs to be a top priority. I'm going to leave it at that. Um, next free agent I'll talk about is Melvin Ingram and then Byron Pringle. And then any other free agents I want to talk about. Tyron Matthew as well, but you really just need a safety that doesn't get burnt, which is why I think they'll convert Legereus Sneed to a safety. I think he'd be a great leader on this offense. Anyways, Kansas State basketball, not much to say. Same old, same old. Lost to Oklahoma State in overtime. Mark Smith, Nigel Pack. Marquise Noel. If you want to leave Manhattan, I don't blame you. Because Kansas State's probably going to leave Bruce Weber. Give Bruce Weber, Weber another shot. And he does not deserve it. He lets his team down. And I'm sick of it. They're on the bubble. They should not be. Joe Lenardi, for the love of God, please leave us out of March Madness. I do not want to go dancing in the tournament. Is that the term they use sometimes? I don't know. Oh, Kansas State baseball. Oh, well, so Friday against Arizona, number 14 team in the country. Um, in that bottom of the eighth, I had the most excited. I had the most, felt the most excited 
about Kansas State baseball, or a sporting event, since the first half of the AFC Championship. I'm still kind of sad, actually. I'm sorry. I'm still kind of sad. Um, Dominic Johnson. What a great left fielder, man. What a great hitter. And seeing him kind of get that rally going in the bottom of the eighth. We're down eight to one. And they and they ended up losing eight to six. But I guess the number 14 in the team in the country is like, man, I'm feeling pretty good about the chances against Michigan and Auburn. And they lose 10 to two and then 12 to one. They're off till Friday. They're back Friday against CSU's Bakerfield. Um, we'll see how that goes. But I'm going to take a quick break, then I'll be back. I do have one dig at a certain sports team. Some of you are going to want to hear in reference to my Tom Brady, Brock Lesnar, longevity thing. Um, you get what I mean. Hint, they play in New York. Okay, so I was kind of talking to every single sports fan, every single team, every single whatever, um, about the greatness of Tom Brady, Jordan, LeBron, Brock Lesnar, Tiger Woods, uh, Patrick Mahomes, Tony Gonzalez. I was not talking to the New York Jets or their fan base because they don't know what greatness is, and I know they hate Tom Brady, but again, they don't know what greatness is, so they're going to hate what they don't know what they understand, what they don't understand. So, I'm sorry, Jets fans. J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 Jets. Had to take a dig at them. Haven't done it in a while. I'm sorry, Jets fans. I apologize. I like what you guys got building. Um, I just wanted to do that. And I'm pretty sure I'm going to get a call tomorrow or Wednesday and hear that from a certain Jets fan. That's a really good dude. Um, So, I was talking about my football's over. What now? Last Monday, right? And I was talking about TV shows. And one of my favorite TV shows of all time, I've talked about it on here, Breaking Bad. And it has a spinoff, Better Call Saul, about Saul Goodman. By the way, maybe a year ago I finally realized what Saul Goodman was. It's Saul Goodman. It's all good, man. Lawyer, it's all good, man. Don't worry, I got it. You're not going to jail. Maybe you are. Maybe you're not. You're not going to prison for life. Maybe you are. Anyways, um, I was saying what lawyers would say. I don't... I, I really don't know. Um... Caught up with that. I thought the work done with Saul and how he's transitioned from Jimmy McGill to Saul in the season before the final season. Speaking of that, I like what AMC's doing, giving it 13 episodes like they did with Breaking Bad and Mad Men, where it was 10 episodes the first few seasons and then 13. Comes back April 18th. Um, I like what they've done with Kim, Re- Kim Wexler and what her and Saul got going. I won't spoil it, but um, they're going to take down Howard. I think that's awesome. I think he's scum. I think he's scum. Um, Can't talk. Anyways, caught up on Peacemaker. John Cena and James Gunn are magnificent. They, might ne- they better not ever split up. They need to work together as much as possible. 
Their working relationship is, relationship is amazing. And if you ask me why Peacemaker is good, I'm giving you two reasons. James Gunn and John Cena. And if you ask me why it's great, I'm going to say James Gunn and John Cena. It's a floating Peacemaker costume. Those jokes are over with. Okay, it works in wrestling and it interviews about wrestling, not Peacemaker, okay? You can't see me. I love it. Okay, move on. Next up, got into another show, Yellowstone. Um, longevity, Kevin Costner, greatness. Look away, Jets fans. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about Kevin Costner. Is he a better rancher? Or is he a better baseball player for the Detroit Tigers? Or is he a better general manager for the Cleveland Browns? I really hope you guys got my references there, especially with Yellowstone. But um, great show, unless you're not a fan of vulgarity or over-the-top violence and anything like that. But overall, it's a pretty good show. Not as bad in the vulgarity and violence, but there's some episodes that kind of make my stomach turn, to be honest. But I still love it. I love the build. Um, if you ask me who my favorite character is, it's either John Dutton, played by Kevin Costner, or Casey Dutton, his son. Can't remember his uh, name. But um, that's that on the entertainment side. Um, Brian Flores News. Hired as a defensive assistant and a linebacker's coach for the Pittsburgh Steelers. What do I think about that? Awesome. What do I think about this lawsuit? NFL deserves it. Should he have been fired by the Dolphins if it was for him and his working relationship with Tua? And if it was that bad? Fine. Fire him. I understand it. If you're going to fire him because of a racial issue, Stephen Ross, go and love yourself. You know what I want to say instead of love yourself? But I can't say that on here because I have a conscience. I have a brain. I try not to talk like that too much, um, especially on this show. And if you're firing him because he won too much, uh, maybe you should call Jeff Bezos and see if he wants to buy the Dolphins or Elon Musk or I'm not getting into this anymore. Um, congrats to Brian Flores. Um, are they getting a super team on that coaching staff with Flores and Mike Tomlin? Is it going to be an Avengers Endgame type moment where they come out of the portals from Doctor Strange and when they come out of the tunnel and yeah, anyways, um, or like an entrance from professional wrestling like Brock Lesnar and Cena and anyways, or like Edge when he's, it's like the, you think you know me and then Alter Bridge starts playing in the background and it's just badass. See, you know, I go and say I try not to talk like that. Then I sit and I talk like that. I'm sorry. Anyways, I'm getting into the NBA All-Star game, All-Star festivities. Let's just say if I had to rank the All-Star break, it goes NBA and then MLS and then NFL. NHL is way up there. And then the MLB, they can kind of go hand in hand. But the NBA is awful. Okay, there's three great things. The NBA 75 team. Um, Jordan got some massive cheers. LeBron and Cleveland getting game-winning shot, getting to 163, their score, the goal for the final score, however say it. Steph Curry hitting 16 threes, getting booed in Cleveland. Thought that was hilarious from the Cavaliers and the Warriors battles. Ugh. Not much to say about that. It's crap. Um, Jordan and LeBron debate. Um, I'm going to put that to rest because of my buddy Kevin Wilds. Give me a minute. Jordan's the GOAT. I'm not going off the ring count. I'm going off two things. Um, No, not my buddy, Kevin Wiles. I don't know him, but he's from First Things First. And I've told you I'm a big fan of his, Chris Broussard, and Nick Wright on 
uh, first things first on Fox Sports 1. Um, he says here, and I'm stealing this quote from his Twitter page, from First Things First Twitter page. He says, I'm going to invent a player here. Invent a player here. A guy with two titles, two finals MVPs, league MVP, three all-defensive teams, defensive player of the year, nine scoring titles. That's the difference between LeBron and Jordan. Everyone says it's close. It's not. It's a full Hall of Fame career better. LeBron's still chasing facts. Facts, facts, facts. No cap, no cap. Anyways, Thank you, Kevin. I hope we meet one day. I hope my show takes off. I'm working for Fox Sports or something like that. I don't freaking know. And we become best buds. I don't know. Just don't ever talk crap about the Chiefs. I might knock you out. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, I'm going to get in my NBA tiers now and end this show. I've had to record this twice. Did not like how I recorded it the first time. The audio was skewed. I was going off track. I couldn't keep anything going. But anyways, NBA tiers. But Dalton, why is this team the best in the West? What about what about Pierce? What about Golden State? Stephen Curry, Chris Paul. Shut up. The Grizzlies. You know why? John Morant, Tyus Jones. They're plus 39 and almost 60 minutes with both point guards on the floor this season. That's why they're number one. The Warriors, they're better coached than the Suns, and they're getting healthier at the right time. The Suns, on the other hand, um, Chris Paul's out six to eight weeks, and I don't know how I feel about the Suns without Chris Paul. Love Devin Booker, love DeAndre Ayton, I love what Phoenix has going, but Chris Paul's out. Grizzlies, they're more put together right now than the Warriors and the Suns, health-wise. Coaching-wise, Golden State takes the cake. Um, veteran leadership-wise, Phoenix takes the cake, but oh, their best veteran, one of their best players, is out. Next up is the Heat. I trust them the most out of anybody in the East. They have the, uh, not the most talent, but some pretty damn good talent. And see, there I go again. Um, and they're right. They're healthy. All right. They're the best in the East. The Bucks. next up. Giannis playing at an MVP level. 32 plus points. Um, averaging 32 plus points since January. He's played 20 games so far this year. This calendar year. Celtics. Yes, they lost their last game heading into the All-Star break. But... I trust them. They've got the talent. They're right. Okay, I feel much better about this this recording. The first recording I will never put out, if I ever do. I'm ending this show forever and going into law enforcement or something. I don't know. Um, law enforcement, law, um, landscaping, something. But what I recorded before I redid this was awful. Never want to hear that again. I brought the energy like I am now, but I was off topic. Um, I did get my dig at the New York Jets in again, though, so that's a good thing. Um, ISE, Inkscape Sports Entertainment, episode 67. I'm out of here. Wait a second. I have an announcement. No, I didn't forget. I set that up. So go to substack.com. Specifically, go to iseentertainment.substack.com. You will see why I think Tony Gonzalez is the greatest tight end of all time. It is a paid subscription, $5 a month, $60 a year, whichever you so choose. I will put that stuff on there. I've only written one article. I'm getting used to it. This was about two weeks ago. I'm going to write another one. Next one will be my top tw- my top 22 moments in sports. You know why? Because tomorrow is 2 22 February 2nd, 27th of February in 2022. I'm going to do that in my lifetime. Top 22 moments of sports in my lifetimes. I'm going to write that out in detail. Um, Might record an episode tomorrow. 
We'll see. If not, I'll add that, what I write, into my show Wednesday. I won't go into as much detail, but I'll say what it is. No explanation. I'll just say what it is. If I do the episode tomorrow, we'll see. I, I, don't, I don't know if I'll do an episode tomorrow, but if I do, I'll do what I do with my article on Substack. Again, that's iseentertainment.substack.com. All right. Okay. Inski Sports Entertainment, episode 67. I'm out of here. Thank you. Thank you.